0: Welcome back to the show, guys. It's Friday here on the Matt B Show every Friday, every Monday. We bring you the best in national, regional, local sports. Matt, good to have you, brother. What's going on?
1: Great to be here again. Great to be here again. Um, Want to uh, welcome our listeners in. Want to uh, thank our listeners. Um, Want to be forever grateful and thankful, as I speak for B as well, for the – the continued listeners that we've had through our first episodes of this little maiden voyage that we're trying to put on here. That is the Bee and B show. And with our sports talk, uh, that being said, I mean, it's been a consistent base uh, through the first four episodes. It's, it's been awesome. to Just watch the numbers climb. We're, we're, we're grateful for that for you guys and girls who have listened to the first four. And we're also grateful. We know we're going to get some new ones coming in After this episode five. And here's why I'm just going to be so conceited in saying that. Episode three was our biggest numbers. What was episode three over, B?
0: Episode three, we cover the last dance. That was last Friday's episode. Uh,
1: What else comes with the Friday episode, B? Well,
0: Friday Every Friday, we have the Friday five. So today, we got the last dance. We're going to recap some episodes five and six of the last dance. We've also got the Friday five. And as always, Matt brings us his best in trivia. We're going to give you a little history in sports. Um, And also tonight, we got a little news. The NFL schedule release show was on tonight, so we know where our Titans are starting the season, who they're playing, where they're going, what night they're playing. We got something to talk about, so we're excited about that as well. And as always, guys, if you want to get in touch with the show, go to the Show at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, and I believe a little birdie... We got an update. Little, we got an update. Little, Send them the update, B. Little birdie told me, tweet, tweet, we are now on the Twitter machine.
1: Where can you find us on the Twitter machine? It's not hard. What's the name of the show?
0: I believe that would be the Matt and B Show.
1: Yeah, correct.
0: So, contact us on Twitter. We'll be posting stuff on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, I want to make this as interactive as possible. As always, subscribe, follow, like... Uh, if you want to find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, on Anchor, uh, and other local podcast networks as well. Matt, let's get right into it. The NFL schedule released tonight. Well, I should say the schedule was released. We already knew who we were playing, who everybody was playing. But now we know the dates, the times, what station they're going to be on, I believe, all of that. Uh, so... You know, the big news for us here locally, the Titans opening up on Monday night, the late Monday night game to open the season at Denver against the Broncos.
1: Yeah, I mean, my first takeaway from that is, well, going into this big release, it's not like anyone didn't know. You're already potted division to division who you're going to play. So, AFC North, NFC North, of course, our division. So, it was no shock, you know, what the schedule was going to look like. It was, you know, you know what opponents and dates were to be slotted in but with that being said m- my most intrigued going into it was on a national stage what h- how much love were the titans going to receive off of their epic run hello mr tannehill uh from last season you know and coming out of the gate getting a money night game I-, I think that proves something don't you
0: yeah i mean we Anytime we get a Monday night game, I know it maybe don't have the same prestige that it once had. But still, you know, you play on Monday night and to see that we actually have three primetime games, um, going to get the Colts on the Thursday night at home. So that's the only home primetime game we've got. And then the next last game of the season, two days after Christmas, we get to go to Lambeau for, I believe, a Sunday night game.
1: For sure. I, I will tell you this. I mean, it's a straight flip of the coin considering the AFC North and the NFC North. It's the NFL. Every game you play is is a flip of the coin, especially you know when you account for injuries and everything else. But you know, NFC wise, you got the Packers, you got the Vikings. I mean, those are both competing to to go to that conference title game. No one can say that absolutely. You know? But hello, the Lions and the Bears. So that's that's helpful scheduling wise. Uh within their division, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go there. That will be a whole show that, that we will get into, listeners. Uh but in terms of ASC North, the Ravens, Mr. Lamar, no pushover whatsoever. Uh back to a uh title contending team. The Steelers don't let the name fool you. The Steelers are getting a little older and they have some holes now. Uh Browns and Bengals. So I, I think in terms of how this year fell, the, the scheduling for them in terms of wins and losses could have been worse.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then it's it's always a crapshoot with the schedule. I mean, you know, you get your divisions potted, and then you're putting this. So you think, you know, well, we get the Bengals, who are two and fourteen last year, but we don't know what Joe Burrow is going to be like. We don't know what that game is going to be like for us, and when that happens during the season. But uh, something good to talk about. Hey, let's see what we're going to get. Well. We're actually probably going to cover that on Monday's show. We'll get really in depth on the Titans schedule. We'll probably get some wins and losses, see our projections for the season for them. Uh, I have an idea that ours may be different from each other in our talks we've had in the past.
1: At the end of the day, though, you got to take care of your division, which, again, we'll discuss. But at the end of the day, you have to take care of your own division.
0: Absolutely. So uh, the other big news probably in the schedule release – Especially in the national news. You know, they want to know where we're we going to see the debut of Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. Yes, I said it, Tampa Bay.
1: That's a new one on me. You went Tampa Bay, really?
0: I went Tampa Bay. That's it. Uh I believe they're actually trying to trademark that term from from what I've heard. But what well, with the Bucks. Tampa Bay, I think the so the uh the big news there, they're gonna open their season. First game of the Tom Brady era in Tampa Bay. In division for the Bucks against New Orleans Andrew Brees and the Saints.
1: Well, that's not team versus team. That's quarterback versus quarterback within the division. Agreed. It is. And I mean, there's a reason the NFL is probably one of the greatest <laughs> marketing <laughs> yeah. entities there are. I mean, they're they're not dumb in what they do, and and that's fine. You got to play the division game at some point. You got to play two of them for that matter. So you know, why not kick it off? You know. So it will be much-watched TV, but it could be – it's Tom Brady. It could be Pats versus Bills if Brady was still in New England. It's still going to be much-watched TV. Like I mean, you
0: said, marketing, to show the power of the, the draw of Tom Brady, the, the NFL teams are allowed five primetime games. That is the, the max amount of primetime games they're allowed. Guess how many, ta- many primetime games the Bucks have this year? Well, uh, six. If they could, they would, but they have five. They have the max. So we're going to say Tom Brady in prime time five times in Tampa Bay.
1: Yeah, I, I, There's no surprise there. There's no, yeah, no surprise star. there. How, how many New England Patriots fans will be watching versus Bucks fans? That would be a, uh, a ratings breakdown I would like to see after the fact.
0: Yeah, it would be interesting to see what the uh, the ratings for the Bucks game in – Foxborough would be. So, so if you, well,
1: you're taking us down a rabbit hole here, or maybe I am, I don't know. So if you've, if you've rode hard with the, the, the Pats for the last, Lord, how many years Tom Brady been there? Oh, 20. Yeah. And he is, him in the hoodie, you can't forget the hoodie, mind you. It's not all Tom Brady. And just out of respect level, the, the organization as a whole and how it's been built and and how it continues to just keep rolling. If you're a pass fan, are you jumping ship? Are you wearing that gaudy? Is that red? Is that maroon? What really is it down there in Tampa Bay?
0: Pewter. I think pewter is the, one of those colors there.
1: Pewter. I don't know if Crayola makes pewter or not. I'll have to look into that. But I mean, where are you at? I mean, if, if Chipper Jones got traded, are you still a Braves fan?
0: Well, I went through that. I went through that when I was 8 years old. So, Dale Murphy got traded to Philadelphia.
1: Well, this is true. So, and then did you become a Rockies fan too? I mean, where were you at in that?
0: No, I mean, obviously you you follow your guy as far as I want him to seem to do good, but, you know, I'm I'm, I'm a brace fan through and through, so I didn't didn't put on the Philly colors or the Rocky colors. Good to hear, so at least. <laughs> Uh, in other NFL news, looks like Logan Ryan's days done in Tennessee. He put out a message on Twitter saying that uh, thank you to everybody, but his days are done in Tennessee.
1: No, uh, no surprise there. I mean, Tennessee drafted accordingly, knowing that that was going to happen. Um, you know, to build back up uh, their defensive backs uh, backfield situation. So, I mean, it is what it is. Again, hey, back to the Patriots. Logan Ryan, former Pat, and uh, that will hurt them because of that, in my opinion, just because of what he brought to that locker room and what he brought off the field. Not that he didn't play well on the field, to say the least. But uh, that's going to be an adjustment period for them on the defensive
0: side of the ball. And not to step on your trivia today, but uh, Logan Ryan is now a trivia question for life. Who caught the last pass that Tom Brady threw in a Patriot uniform?
1: Uh, should I say Logan
0: Ryan? It was Logan Ryan. I believe I was a pick six in the divisional round, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Well, you just stepped on my trivia because that's probably a better question than anything I'm going to throw at our listeners tonight. Thanks a lot, B. I appreciate <laughs> that. Show's over. Good night, everybody.
0: All right. We'll see you Monday. At... <laughs> I'm joking. I can handle it. Uh, but in other news, like I said, the NFL schedule release has kind of topped the headlines tonight with the, I believe the NFL Network had a three-hour show to, to recap the NFL schedule release. And what we're going to talk about in three hours all over television, I don't know. I'm sure they asked the mailman about it. I'm sure they asked Skip, Pete, Joe, Stephen A., Shannon. They, they've called everybody. They're going to get everybody's take on that. But... um
1: Sounds like to me they called the uh, the producers and anybody in the production truck that can put together like uh, what is it a twenty eight hour ha- uh, pregame of a Super Bowl show for NFL. Well,
0: that's minimum now. Twenty eight's just getting started.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, th- they probably done their homework. Go gave those guys and girls a call. Like, Look, we're gonna have to drag us out a little bit. No yeah. sports.
0: Uh, Like you said, marketing genius, people want it, they crave it. And there it is tonight, three hours of the NBA, excuse me, the NFL schedule release. Uh, I got a little ahead of myself there. The other news we have the NBA holding an all player call on Friday with the commissioner to discuss moving forward, possibly with their season. And I believe MLB is possibly doing the same thing with a proposal to their players to see when spring training part due might get started. So, Looks like stuff may be moving forward. How's that sound?
1: For sure. Uh, hey, my kid had it was it, it, social distancing was practiced, mind you, and credit to his coaching, his coaches. But uh, my my son, one of my sons, had baseball practice tonight. It was awesome. It was awesome. They were all rusty. It didn't look very good, but I don't care. It was kids, bat in hand, hitting live pitching just playing catch with each other, any uptick that we can see, you know, you got NASCAR coming down the line. You've got, you know, uh, PGA is is throwing some stuff out there as well. Uh, Anything on the uptick that we can get, a glimmer of hope that things will get back to halfway normal, I'm okay with it for sure. And how do you feel, though, because you brought up NBA, NBA and then MLB, there's one sport there that's a lot easier to social distance versus the other. That's the KBO. They got rolling. Baseball is easier versus basketball. So, so what's that going to look like?
0: Yeah, I think that's what they're going to be discussing. Um, You know, hopefully it's going to be full bore. You know, I, I fully expect as we've talked many times now that fans probably not going to be there right off the bat, but Shoot, to sit at home, watch a baseball game, listen to a baseball game, just to hear the crack of the bat, and I don't care if somebody's screaming or not. That would be a, that'd be a good day for us when that happens.
1: For sure. And and I I, I text you, uh, listeners, I text a Bit Brandon, uh, I, I actually watched about the first four innings or whatever it was of the, the KBO game that Carl Ravitch uh via his home, mind you, which is Oh, I had to say the least, but they made it work. And then Eduardo Perez from the MLB network, uh, radio network, uh, kid just cranks, big lefty steps up the plate. No, I don't know his name. Don't ask me his name. He cranks one right field, down the line, gone. And I text you, he, he rounded third. I was like, immediately, phone was in hand. Brandon, kid just hit a home run, rounds third base, 3B coach is wearing a mask. And it wasn't six seconds later he's in his home run trot. He gets home. I look up. The home plate umpire is wearing a mask, too. I'm like, well, never mind. Umpire's wearing a mask, too. This is
0: weird. It is. And you may see that. We may see that. And it's something we're going to get used to for a while. Um, but just to see baseball, period, will be a sight to see. And, yes.
1: Uh, and and I'm, I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. Hello, the Matt and B show at gmail.com. Send us your complaints. Send us where you're at regarding is that okay? Are you comfortable, you know, watching your home plate umpire and your your three B and one B coach base coaches wearing masks? But dad gummit, you're getting to watch baseball. You know, that's where I was at. It was it was just it was it was odd. It was kind of surreal. I'm not complaining about it. I'm not yelling about it. It was just odd at the moment that I
0: saw it. Yeah, I hear you, but You know, baseball is that sport. We do have two people wearing masks at all times, so we have the home plate umpire and the catcher, so it'll just add some more to it, I guess. Uh, Also, you did mention the PGA earlier. and I know we haven't talked about this, but I saw this today. Um, I guess you've seen the match they have set up with. It's going to be Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning versus (laughs) Phil Phil Mickelson and uh, Tom Brady. So have you seen so no, no Charles Barkley? No, that that's the foursome is Tiger and Peyton Manning, Phil and Tom Brady.
1: So, so Charles, Sir Charles, don't he, he doesn't get to draw three more in and have his own foursome.
0: No, just, just the four. Apparently it's just golfers and football players. No, no basketball players allowed.
1: Yeah. But what's, what's better TV watching Charles
0: swing? Well, on that note, apparently they had a video chat call today with all four of them. And, uh, you have to go listen to it. Peyton with the burn of burns on, on Tom Brady. It was hilarious. He said they had to have the golf tournament in Florida because of Tom's breaking and entering arrest where he went into the home of the guy there in Tampa. <laughs> yep.
1: Yes. See, that's, that's why we're good at what we do, listeners, is Brandon did not know that I saw this story. He didn't even know that I was bringing it up. I put it on a tee, and he knocked it out of the park because he'd done his homework and his research on it. That's, that's just good radio. I don't care what you say, number one. Number two, that's just funny regarding what Peyton came out with. Kudos to Peyton. No. I mean, all his SNL shows and everything else, it's not if you're hearing, you hear know, it in radio spots. Dude is beyond a brilliant NFL mind, of course, but the sense of humor that he has, it's awesome. If Peyton's on the radio or on TV, you've got a—he's he, just—he's a good listen, regardless.
0: Hey, he's a must-watch. If it's a show, it's a commercial. If he's just doing an interview, and you know, I'm uh, full disclosure—I'm anchored down, lifelong Commodore fan, not a UT fan, but uh, you can't help but not like Peyton Manning. He's—he's—he's he's, he's unreal.
1: Oh, for sure. Do you remember the uh, the SNL skit where he was doing like a Boys and Girls Club? Uh, football camp, whatever it was. And he was just out there just beaning these oh, kids. Oh, throwing like, darts. Uh, yeah. You know that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 full disclosure, I wish my, my kid, my own three sons, would go through that. Like, toughen him up, get out there and get him paid. No, just get him right, hit him right in the back of the head. Let's see if I can.
0: Yeah. We, we try to stay topical, guys. We'll talk some PGA, even, even these special events. Probably won't hear us talking about uh, Universal Pictures being shut out of AMC theaters. If you want that, there's some other sports stations that will probably talk about that for you.
1: That was topical.
0: We won't we'll
1: go there. <laughs> won't go there. He <laughs> turned to do locally, was throwing that out. But whew, I thought I knew what bad radio was. Never right. mind.
0: Oh, it Moving was bad. On. It was bad. All right. That's why we're here today. Matt, the last dance, episodes five and six were Sunday night uh, a few days ago. Another couple good episodes, I I thought. Probably my favorite two episodes of of the six so far. What would you think?
1: Uh, Episode five and six, as we're talking about this, listeners, yeah, they were. They were kind of like this show that we're starting. You know, one, you know, to get it off the ground, you got to get some background story. And it's got to start early, and it has to move slowly, and then finally it takes off. That's kind of what the documentary The Last Dance has done. I mean you had to get some background on MJ and and you had to get to know his mom and how his mom and dad pushed him and you know, made him go to Nike for that meeting in Oregon. And so you but you can't just say, hey, MJ's mom and dad made him go to a meeting in Oregon. You had to get to know MJ's mom first and his dad first. So that that's just good storytelling, in my opinion. But I mean, don't take my word for it. Episode five and six between the two of them averaged five point five million viewers.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's just I think that we got those viewers anyway. I think that's the power of Michael Jordan, the star power, uh what he meant to a lot of our generation of we growing up in, and it's just taking us back to those days growing up. Um But very, I think it's been very well done. But going back and forth a little bit, if you're not familiar with those times, now maybe I'm not familiar with 1984. You know, I was a a young two-year-old at the time, probably wasn't watching much Chicago basketball. No, you were not
1: familiar with 1984, nor was I.
0: No, but I'm sports-wise enough to, to know about 1984, Jordan coming in the league, being at Carolina, all of his history and everything but we got to remember we got viewers now who have never seen Michael Jordan play a basketball game. So that going back and forth, I've heard some things about, you know, it's flipped back and forth too much or some people like it. So what's your thoughts on, on that? Just the flipping back and forth from, from year to year or decade to decade. Well,
1: I have thoughts on it. I'm not really comfortable in sharing them and here's why. I'm not a big-time documentary producer and script writer and, and, and knowledgeable in, in how these things should play out.
0: Oh, I thought you were Ken Burns. I'm sorry. It's my fault. If,
1: if I was, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. I can tell you that. <laughs> I'd be sitting in Maui somewhere. But with that being said, it did I, – I want to reserve my thoughts on that because I have many thoughts on that of why it did jump around. It was it was 88 this versus Pistons or whatever, and then it was 97 this. And it, it was odd, but here's the thing. It's still odd, but something tells me as great as that documentary has been done so far through episode six, one through six so far, it's going to get all tied back together very neatly.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure the whole thing has been just putting parallels between this time and this time and, and all that. And they have their vision and we'll probably see all that come to fruition in episode 10 here in two weeks. So as always, we'll keep watching and we'll keep covering it and get our views and angles. And, uh, speaking of that, you know, you mentioned the, uh, the, 19- well, let, me let,
1: oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. let me stop you right there, B. Yeah. Who covered the 1992 dream team better? I'm not going to ask you this question. I'm going to ask our listeners. If if they revert back to our episode three, not not there's not a whole lot of the stuff that we've covered that I've just been oh my goodness, that's just great stuff. Episode three was solid. If if text me if you disagree, you have my phone number, you have our email address, whatever. And just to help Matt
0: out here, the episode three was titled Talking of the Bulls.
1: Yes. So over ninety listeners there. And we covered again our first round of the last dance, and we we hit on the dream team. Before Episode 5 and 6 got into it, I'm not saying – I mean, everybody knows the Dream Team. I'm not saying we're just world beaters there. But we got into the actual Dream Team and and the inner workings of it. And as a a kid growing up in the 90s who loved that era of NBA basketball, that was just a fun discussion. And then finally, you know, Episode 5, they hit on it. And it was pretty much, you know, MJ dethroned Bird Magic. He he, he was the go-to guy.
0: I believe his comment was, "This is the '90s."
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was, and, and which is fine. I mean, I, I don't know how to make a documentary. I'm not going to act like I do, but but we hit on it just it, 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 as nostalgia in terms of that era you know, 90s kids growing up in that era and in, in what that era of NBA basketball and those players meant to us. And I was kind of shocked that they didn't really delve into more of the dream team. The only reason that they really got into the dream team itself was the feud with Isaiah. Were you surprised by that?
0: Well, I think that would be a a 30 for 30 in itself is just the – just the construction of the dream team and what went into that. And that would probably be a a heck of a 30 for 30 getting Rod Thorne. And uh, I think Chuck Daly was part of the, of the picking process and all of that. And one thing I didn't realize in part of that, that Chuck Daly, Chuck Daly had left the Pistons. So at that time he was not Isaiah's coach. He had just left Detroit. So, uh, you know, there's, there's probably a lot more stories in there of, of all of those, Practices and how the team got put together, and going to Barcelona, and I think that was probably left more to that. As, as obviously, this is more MJ and Bulls focused. We're getting more Jordan Pippen, and as we'll get into later, their their battles with Ku Coach, which plays into the Bulls' story later on as well.
1: Yeah, I, I and I agree with all that. I just felt like through episode five and six, they they got into his gambling habits. I mean. Brother, you're making your money. David Stern said, I know how much money he's making. I know how much money he's gambling. I was never concerned. Let the boy gamble. Let the boy go to a craps table. Let the boy play 18 and, and, and throw 100 a hole. It, it's probably oh, 10,000. No, don't don't be crazy. Yeah, he might
0: just throw more than 100 a hole.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, of course, for sure. But um, He's
0: lighting a cigar with hundreds.
1: It, it just went, you know, the, the 92 Dream Team, it was just pretty much Jordan, dethroned Magic, and Bird. And it, it, was, it was odd because they hit more on the Dream Team regarding a member, you know, back in Episode 3 and 4, regarding a member who wasn't a part of the Dream Team, and that was Isaiah Thomas.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, when you get into more of the Dream Team, you know, they talked about how he... Would just ride Clyde Drexler in practice just because somebody thought he was Clyde was as good as he was, and that kind of went back to the '92 finals, I guess it was, where he put it on Clyde, outscored him. Was it 39 to 16 in game one of that series against the Blazers? And you know, yes, it's a Bulls documentary we're talking about, but still, at its core, is is very much a Michael Jordan documentary. Obviously,
1: I agree, and and I was wrong, listeners because I felt like it was more going in after out watching episode one and two of kind of building a championship franchise, not a one-year thing, an actual franchise, you know, building this thing where it's sustainable. And um, and I was wrong. It It is more centered back towards Michael Jordan, and it's really more centered, correct me if I'm wrong, Brandon, how much of just a damn competitor he was. Like, I heard a report today about if Horace Grant had a bad game, he would tell the stewardesses on the flight he couldn't eat.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't let him eat. I saw the same thing. Did you? I did. Yeah.
1: Now if I'm Horace Grant, I know what I'm how I'm handling this situation. I don't care if you're MJ the goat in waiting or what, but I mean you do not talk about an ultimate competitor. That's something.
0: Yeah, and of course his what he uh, his quote in the in the episode, was that he didn't have a gambling problem. He had a competitive problem. But if you've got a bet on everything, you can be competitive, but you still got a gambling problem.
1: If you're married, you you gamble every day of your life. It's that simple. <laughs> She's <laughs> gambling on you, you're gambling on her. Everybody gambles at some point. I don't care. Now, I say that in fun. If, if, you, if you're throwing your whole paycheck away and the whole mortgage away at at a roulette wheel. Yes, of course. Gambling is an addiction. Not to get too all serious and all that. I get that. But the boy gambled. Could you say it was an addiction for him?
0: I will say it is. I mean, he, he can be competitive all he wants, but if you've got to have money on something, you know i think he was like you know shooting dice with the ushers in the in the hallways or something waiting to get dressed in the locker rooms i saw that story just always had to have something on something
1: well is is the competition is the the competitive nature the addiction then
0: well i think it's well, obviously he is is uber competitive i mean there's no there's no doubt at all just any time that he is pushed on anything He's going to show you, you know. So it's just, you know, like yeah. I said, like I said, dealing with Drexler in the playoffs, and then you know we get to uh, get to the Olympics, and you know they win at coup coach, and then Jerry Krause was a big fan of Marley in the '93 finals, so he's going to show him that Marley wasn't this big defender. So yeah, it just if, if anybody said anything that he was even, anybody was even close to the level of Jordan, uh, he's going to make sure that they were wrong.
1: I agree with that. I, I just felt like the, the media itself, I don't want to go so far to say the documentary itself, the media itself back in that time really harped on, focused on his gambling addiction. And... Hang on, let me, let me finish. What's say like were, heart say heart there was the dice in the clubhouse. Say you rolled out a putting green and said first... To, to five one uh one puts wins uh a steak dinner he had been the first one to compete to do that just to win do you agree with that it, i just feel like it was it was more a competitive thing it wasn't like he was money hungry gambling reaching for money and win it was all about winning
0: Oh, he's going to win. If there's a game going on, it's shoots and ladders. He's going to play. It's candy land. He's going to win. If it's connect four, I'd say he's going to (laughs) win. That's just his competitive nature completely. Um,
1: I agree with that. And can't move on without saying we had a shoots and ladders reference on the Matt and B show. That's (laughs) awesome. Well done, Brandon. (laughs)
0: Hey, everybody should play shoots and ladders once in their lives. Um, I say one of the the most interesting things to me of the documentary is where would Nike be today if they had not took a chance on Michael Jordan and at the urging of his agent at the time got him his own shoe?
1: Well, it would be Adidas slash Nike or Adidas flat out owns the company and there is no Nike. Is that fair to say?
0: I don't think it'd probably be fair to say. I think one of the, the most the wildest stats, if you want to call it a stat, just figures I saw was, you know, Nike was hoping in year four of his shoe being out to make three million dollars. Well, year one they made one hundred twenty-six million dollars.
1: That's just beyond believable. I mean, but with that being said. LeBron's of the world. No one's transcending a a culture, a pop culture, a sports culture like that ever again. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, don't because I'm not wrong. Listeners. No one can have, if, if you put your, I love whomever my player is aside. If you live that era and Nothing that I can come up with, tell me I'm wrong, Brandon, you're smarter than I am, could ever trump what that that wave of just hysteria, advertising hysteria. Uh, it was a phenomenon of if I could be like Mike, you know, and what it done, especially, of course, for Nike itself.
0: Yeah, if I could be like Mike, you get to Nike, you get to uh, McDonald's commercials, I mean, Wheaties. Wheaties. I mean, we've not, and we not and they've not even got to the best McDonald's commercial yet. I mean, surely everybody remembers the Jordan and Bird McDonald's commercials.
1: Oh, for sure. They were great. I mean, I they mean, were we- almost as good as as um, Chicks Dig the Long Ball from Maddox and Blattin. Almost as good as Chicks Dig Almost. The-
0: almost. Close. They almost almost got there. But and the other figure that I had just in my research and stuff that they said Jordan's brand now makes $3 billion annually.
1: That wasn't an M. That was a what? That was a B. For the,
0: the B show, billion, $3 billion annually.
1: If you, if you look back to our good old junior pro days, Reebok had the pump. The pump came out and people lost their minds. And this is early nineties to make sure that everybody understands how we're dating ourselves. The Reebok pump came out and it was just the coolest thing ever. Well, two months later, everybody's pumps just failed. (laughs) They they blew out. The pump wouldn't pump anymore. And everybody (laughs) went straight back to good old Air Jordans. It was, it was just, it was a funny time, a fun time to go back to think about Yeah, They
0: definitely kept their air a little bit better than the pumps did
1: Yeah. There was more air in the Air Jordan than there was the pump that you pumped air in. So, valid point.
0: All right, guys. That's the first half of our look at episodes five and six of The Last Dance. Uh, If you follow the show here so far, this time of the show typically means Matt has got trivia for us all.
1: All right, B. You you teased us some trivia here, so I'm going to throw some trivia at us. All right, Nike. We're we're going straight Nike trivia here. Are you ready?
0: Ready as I'm ever going to be.
1: Well, that don't sound like it's very ready, but uh, I'm just going to believe you. All right, so Nike, the name itself, the word itself, N-I-K-E, Nike, is the Greek goddess of what? The
0: Greek goddess of air.
1: How about the Greek goddess of victory? What is MJ all about?
0: Yeah, more can be more apropos right there. Let me tell you.
1: Yeah, but I'm I'm gonna give you credit on the air. Yes, that that's not bad at all. It's really not bad.
0: All right, let's
1: go. Let's go a little gloomy here. I like to bring our listeners down, but we'll build them back up after this question. Trivia question number two. The infamous infamous slogan, "Just do it." Nike, any idea how Mr. Phil Knight came up with that slogan, Just Do It? Tell us all. So the answer is no. I got to hear no from you. That's a no. Okay. All right. That's what I want to hear. So he read a book regarding a serial killer. You didn't think I was going to take you down this road, did you?
0: No, I wasn't expecting this tonight.
1: So the state of Utah, Mr. I'm not going to call him Mr. He's a serial killer. Screw him. Gary Gilmore was his name in 1977. Back then, he uh, was convicted, of course, of all his misdoings and sentenced to death under a firing squad. Well, his last words were, let's do it. So Phil Knight read a book regarding this serial killer. I'm not going to say his name again. He doesn't deserve it. Let's do it was his last quote. And he then evolved that into the slogan that we all know today. If you've not worn a T-shirt that says just do it, then I I honestly don't know how you're not American, if you're at least over the age of 35. True statement. So did you think I was going to hit you with a serial killer reference tonight, Brandon?
0: No, you Stone Cold got me on that one. Well,
1: I, I'm not proud of myself. I don't want that document. But I had to. I mean, ju- when you think Nike, you think swoosh, and you think just do it. So I had to. There you go. All right, moving on. What small kitchen appliance had a hand in the 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 design of the bottom of a Nike shoe, of a running shoe, uh, produced by Nike?
0: Toaster. Ooh, that's
1: close. That's close. Are you wearing Nikes right now?
0: Uh, no.
1: Okay. If you were, you would pull your foot up to the bottom and you would see the soles of them, the very bottom that you walk on. And if you look at the imprint on the bottom of it, you would see a waffle iron imprint.
0: Hey, I think Toaster gets me some points there.
1: No, you done well. I'm not going to lie. I mean, how did you come up with Toaster, by the way? You could have went Blender. Coffee maker, you went toaster. How, how'd you do that?
0: As my most used kitchen appliance.
1: Oh, fair, fair
0: enough.
1: <laughs> uh, think around the globe. Don't think just the United States of America. And what major city has the largest Nike store consisting of 42,000 square feet of nothing but Nike apparel?
0: Mm. Sydney, Australia.
1: Uh, you were almost close. How about London? London has a Nike store.
0: I was almost close. I would be on the same continent. What you... I know that was
1: me being sarcastic. <laughs> he was never. He was not close at all. That's the beauty of my tribute. All right. So what else we got here? Uh, how did Phil Knight even come up with the idea to manufacture shoes?
0: I have no clue. No clue.
1: I like your honesty. All right, so where is Nike located? Portland, Oregon. Oregon, the state of Oregon. Okay, so the state of Oregon, so you can say that he probably attended what university?
0: Oh, he's a big donor at the University of Oregon.
1: Exactly. So while he was there, he developed the idea because he was forced to, in one of his business classes, write a business plan for some type of manufacturing project. So we got Serial Killer. We got University of Oregon. We got Waffle Iron. We got London. We got a Greek goddess. I think I did okay. I mean, you didn't. You didn't get M right, <laughs> but I think I did okay.
0: I'm going to let him say none of our listeners got that right unless they read Phil Knight's book. And... uh On that note, (laughs) guys, I think it's time for us to take a break because my brain is blown with the serial killer talk and going to London and back to Oregon. and We've been around the globe with this trivia session. Uh, You're welcome, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, Guys, we're going to give you a little teaser before the break. Uh, Monday show, we got a little something special for you. Uh, we got an interview, local interview with a couple of high school baseball coaches, Linus Martin from Smith County High School and Colin Jones from Cannon County High School. Full disclosure, the alma mater of both members of the Matt and B Show. Um, so look forward to that Monday. We're going to talk, uh, get into the Tennessee Titans schedule on Monday. So be ready. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. Let me rudely interrupt you Yeah. before you finish the break. Tell our listeners though, while you're while you're teasing this a little bit, this, these, these interviews, they kind of don't get to listen to them if they kind of don't listen to the podcast.
0: That is true. So listen on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Anchor, and wherever you love to get your podcasts. You may find us there. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Like us on Twitter. And we will give you all the details, all the deets on all the episodes. And with that, we'll be right back, right here on the Matt and B show. Welcome to the Matt and B show. Welcome to the Matt and B show. Matt and B show. All right, guys, welcome back to the Matt and B show Uh Let's recap a little bit of the first half. We've hit on the last stance, episodes five and six. Talked a little bit about that. We're gonna get a look into that a little bit more. Um, gonna get into one of the characters that we had not gotten into yet, and the show had not gotten into yet to the last couple episodes, as far as Tony Kukoc's involvement in the Chicago Bulls. Uh, but before that, we're gonna get you right into this day in sports. Um, let's see 1967. Matt Muhammad Ali was indicted for refusing induction into the U.S. Army on this day, this Friday, May the 8th, in 1967. Also, 1973, Ernie Banks filled in for Cubs manager Whitey Lockman, who is ejected during the game, technically making Ernie Banks the baseball's first African American manager.
1: That's good. That's a good one. That's well done on your part. That's 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 great right there. I did not know that.
0: Did not either. That was news for me today. Uh,
1: well, if you think I know all this trivia on the front end, I mean, come on. <laughs>
0: Continue. Uh, also, on this day, 1984, MLB Hall of Famer, Minnesota Twin and Braves antagonist, Kirby Puckett debuted with four singles in his first game.
1: Uh, RIP Kirby. RIP
0: Kirby. I, 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 let's not bring Lee Brown in to pitch to him anymore. Yeah. Uh bad memories. Also in nineteen eighty four, Soviet Union announced it would not participate in the Los Angeles Summer Olympics in retaliation for the American boycott of the nineteen eighty games in Moscow. Maybe I have some history repeating itself here or some relations between the US and Soviet Union, and that's as political as we will get. True. Um and then also on this day, 2014, NFL draft, the first pick of the Houston Texans is Jadavian Clowney out of South Carolina. We will see where he ends up signing. If he doesn't go back to Seattle, it doesn't look like that is going to happen either. I think
1: I saw a report today that that is not going to
0: happen. Saw that as well. I think they're still open to it, but we will see. And also, I got a couple more here, just kind of topical. The, in 1980, on this day, the World Health Organization declared that smallpox was re- eradicated. That was probably kind of topical as well with what we have going on here. So maybe we'll-
1: well, n- Not heard of the WHO in the last six weeks, I can tell you that. Yeah,
0: nobody's ever heard of them. We never hear them on the news. And in 1945, Germany unconditionally surrendered for World War II. So we try to bring you everything here on the show. There's your day in sports May the 8th Friday Matt your thoughts
1: well I'm a history buff so I, I love how you bring some history to us uh, I bring absolutely with my trivia yeah they're facts mind you because they actually happen but no one's really getting educated in what I bring you're, you're bringing some good stuff regarding your this, this week in sports I'm gonna give you credit on that one but, you missed one you missed one, and I sent it to you today, and you failed to include it, and it's going to hurt my feelings a little bit.
0: Well, I include it on the day we drop, which is May the 8th. I believe yours would be the May the 7th.
1: It's this week, though, oh, This week. Well, I do this day. I do this day. Bartolo Colon in 2016 <laughs> hit a home run.
0: Well, I think we should celebrate that year round. Everybody should go watch that play.
1: Well, he's very round. That was kind of one of the, the most shocking things of him hitting that home run. He's very round. And I'm not a Ron Darling fan, but if you go back and YouTube that, listeners, Bartolo Colon, May 2016, Ron Darling has a pretty good call. He says – I'm paraphrasing. I can't remember it word for word. Uh, one I'm of, the best, credit one of the best – One of the best – What bases ever.
0: That's all I know. <laughs> well, yeah, he, he said – well,
1: I'd like to say that's a slow home run trot, but I think that's about as fast as he can run. <laughs> so, I liked it. I liked it. You failed to mention it, but, hey, you done a great job. Regardless.
0: All right, guys. We said we're going to hit a little bit more on the last stance. stands. Um, you know, Matt, we were talking today, texting back and forth, getting ready for the show. We giving ourselves some ideas what we kind of wanted to talk about. And, uh, you know, I sent you a little thought I had on on Tony Kukoc, who we haven't really heard about much in the first few episodes of The Last Dance. We get him here in these last couple episodes. Uh, drafted by the Bulls, going to stay in Croatia. Um, felt like he needed to stay there for a couple of years with his family, with all the uh, stuff going on there in his homeland. And then, sure enough, of course, they're the team that the Dream Team plays or the gold medal in 92 in Barcelona. Um, you know, I really think that Coach is just ready made for today's NBA game. Maybe not so much 1993 NBA game, 1995 NBA game and had a solid career for a few years, but, uh, we kind of talked about that bandied back, back and forth on that. Um, What's your thoughts on Q Coach and what he would be like in today's game?
1: Well, and it was a good call by you. And listeners, I want you to know this. Brent. Well, we're, we go back and forth just via text message. It's not like we're doing this major show prep here. It's, you know, we're going to – the head of what we want to talk about is the last dance. But what's the underlying story of it? You know, we don't want to just recap, hey, Jordan's great. Or hey, Pippen was the number two, the greatest number two. We, we Rodman was stupid, you know, crazy, whatever. We want to kind of take a different spin because we've actually heard different talk shows and different podcasts, and all they do is just retell the story that's ESPN is telling already through these episodes of The Last Dance. And, and Brandon had a great idea of it's Tony Kukoc, and I agreed with it. I, of course, you can start with Tony Kukoc as the documentary does, and just him just getting just absolutely just beat up, you know, it, in the Barcelona games, uh, quarterfinals, whatever they were. No, they weren't quarterfinals. It was pool play, whatever you call it.
0: And um, yeah, I think and, they played in pool play, and then they met again in the gold medal game.
1: Right. And then they met in the gold medal game. So in pool play, though, I mean, he just got locked down. You know, you, uh, I'd heard uh today some nba documentary this was not the last dance where Pippen Scotty Pippen's on record saying I don't know, watch him set, we wanted to guard him on the bench talking about we him and mj they just wanted to do that but what why did they want to do that they were proving a point not to Tony Kukoc they didn't know him it was to Jerry Krause and the more i got to thinking about that though the documentary that we've seen so far in The Last Dance, episodes five and six, you know, Jerry Krause and his little man syndrome that we've hit on, Napoleon syndrome that you, t- that, that you claimed it to be, and you're correct, in my opinion, as he's portrayed, no one said that, no one to this point has said that Jerry Krause had it right. This guy was NBA made ready. He was an all-rookie when he came into the league in 93-94. Tony Kukoc was NBA made ready, and he did, back to your original point, brought a European style to the game, especially within his passing ability, that we'll talk about that definitely plays today.
0: Yeah, I mean, in 1993, there was no 6'10 swing man on the, on the perimeter. Um uh, like there is today. You know, there was no dirt. There's no uh, – especially with Kukos being left-handed. Uh, of course, my first comparison to you was to Luka Doncic uh, currently was the was the one I compared him with. And there's just – you know, we were still in a big-man game when he came into the NBA.
1: Right. And, and Luka is beyond more of a score. But Luka didn't play with MJ either and Pippen. So, it's not like he has to be. But Luka is 6'8", 6'7", 6'8". And he's averaging like eight assists a game. And if you watch his assist, if you watch kind of the the finesse that he's making those passes after he draws that second layer of a defender, go back and watch what Kukos did, and, and you'll see some of the same. There there are really 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 a lot of similarities in the game. But Luca's from Slovenia, I think. And Kukoc is Croatia. I mean, but in in the game, the European game is what it is, and that's what they brought here. And back to your point, Kukoc brought it here first.
0: Yeah, you can make an argument potentially that that was the beginning of the inundation of European style into the NBA game. I guess Dirk probably kind of perfected it more when he became very well known in the score for the Mavericks and – but. I think one could argue that Kirk coach is the really the the one who brought it to the NBA.
1: And that's a great call by you for sure and but again I mean he was he was the 29th pick overall in the 1990 draft. But everybody knew Jerry Krause was salivating over him. The Dream Team knew it, Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan knew it. And Krause had it right. I mean, he it, he made over sixty million dollars as an M, in, in an NBA career. Now he kind of sputtered out. Age got him a little bit as he ended his career, coach wise. Uh, he'd done a couple years stint with the Hawks and then the Bucks in Milwaukee. Uh, but if if you take like those last three or four years away and you look at him, I put him up on Basketball Reference. His his overall averages points per game, assistable game, rebounds per game, effective shooting per game, and everything else, meant a great career, for sure.
0: You're definitely good, solid NBA career. I just think, potentially, if he had come into the game now, he may, he may have had an even better career.
1: Yeah, I wonder. I thought about, like, Ichiro Suzuki. You think of all the hits and all the career – Numbers that he had overseas in Japan, you know, and what Kukoc did. I mean, if if they brought that game here, I, I feel like if if Kukoc was he played three years at Duke and he got drafted, he'd be an All-Famer in my opinion, NBA All-Famer in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I think so, especially you know. With the winning championships, I think you know he obviously was a part of the last three championship teams that they had, and uh, if you agree or not, I mean I think he was a major part in helping get that done. It was definitely helpful for Jordan Pippen to have that third guy who could score. I mean he averaged double figures and high teens there for a few years. I think one season over twenty, actually that, I think that was in Atlanta though, um, but you know he could he could score the ball and didn't have to, they didn't have to lean so much on Jordan and Pippen in those three years.
1: Oh, for sure. But back to his passing ability, I mean, he averaged, you know, five, four assists per game pretty much consistently at his career, throughout his career. And, again, a 6'10 guy who could beat you off a dribble. Um, and he was, he was born in 67. He was born in 68, I think it was. Yeah. And he, he comes into the league – I mean, in 90, I mean, relatively young enough, but if if you dr- take that back, draw it back, you know, the year – it's going to take two or three years to adjust to that style of play, you know, coming from the European style of play. So he's not your average rookie to begin with. Coming from Croatia, I mean, he he was just a phenomenal player. And to your point, what makes him – more phenomenal when you look back at it now is how he transcended the game in his passing ability, again, from a 6'10". I mean, do you really call him
0: a power forward at 6'10"? No, and I, I just had the thought, I would have to go back and watch some games about wonder who was guarding him in those years, being such a big man game, and his size. I mean, you know, was a normal size three be guarding him on the perimeter? Or could a four actually go out and guard him on the perimeter? You know, I don't think he would have would have made some defensive matchups that were mismatches on, on the defensive end for a lot of teams.
1: Oh, nightmares. I mean, I, how prevalent was seven-footers back then? And even if you had a seven-footer, you brought up Dirk, who I don't think, quite frankly, in terms of NBA lore and legacy, will ever truly get what he deserves just because of his, his absolute ball skill. I mean, you couldn't run a seven-footer out there and guard him. You can't run a 6'7", a 6'6", six, yeah. six, a small forward type out there to guard him. He'll just elevate and shoot over you.
0: Well, he can shoot I mean, over, and then he had the, the court vision. Like you said, that, that helped. I think that helped him in his passing game. Well, I'm 6'10", I can stand here and I can see over probably most guys who are guarding me out on the floor.
1: Oh for sure, I'm five ten and I couldn't. So there's that. (laughs) I mean, I I went back like Derek Coleman, you could think about, but Derek Coleman didn't have his 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 quickness. And you know, thinking lefties, you know, back back lefties, Derek Coleman would be a good comp, maybe Um,
0: Sam Perkins, maybe.
1: Good call. Good call. And well what the documentary didn't tell you was Cliff Levingston, former Bull, he actually played overseas in Greece uh, against Tony Kukoc.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Jerry Krause made a call to him, and he said, this guy can play. He, he's NBA ready. This guy can play. So whether Krause had, had it all figured out, and he had all his contacts overseas, you know, scouting this talent, Whatever it may be, I mean Kraus done his homework, and he was right regarding Kid Coach.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's one thing I would really wish from the last dance, and uh, is that Jerry Kraus was around to have those conversations about, you know, to defend not not necessarily just to defend himself, but just to hear more of his side of everything. I think would be very interesting, and why he was so high on Tony and and all that, and just the whole show in general. Um, but I don't know about you. I'm looking forward to next Sunday, get an episode at seven and eight, and we'll probably be back here next Friday recapping those as well.
1: Oh, for sure. But I got to tell you this before we leave the last dance conversation. Yeah. How many people do you know refer to basketball shoes as sneakers?
0: I don't A few, maybe.
1: I know zero. That was a takeaway. That was tough for me going through this documentary. the The first six ep- ep- six episodes, hearing sneakers, 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 that was just weird. They're basketball shoes. They're basketball shoes. They're basketball shoes.
0: <laughs> Got you riled up there about the basketball shoes, huh? Well, I'm
1: not saying I'm that riled up about it, but it's it's weird to say the least.
0: Weird to say the least. Uh, and I'll add one more tidbit before we go. Um... Not necessarily. I don't believe it was in the last dance. They may cover it here soon. Did you know? I'm stealing more trivia from you tonight. I'm sorry. Did you know that Michael Jordan was once an NHL team owner?
1: I did not. I did know that he was a horrible general manager in the NBA but I did not know that he was a once NHL team owner. Blackhawks.
0: Now now you made it he's never going to come on the show and he's going to hate you like he does Charles Barkley. He was
1: never going to come on the show. Oh,
0: no. No, when uh, when he left, he got in with the Washington Capitals.
1: What was his relation to
0: Washington, I wonder? And then that relationship got him in back when he came back with the Wizards.
1: Wizard, yeah, so th- yeah. that's, yeah, no, you've thrown you me a good one there. I can't, I, I gotta admit that.
0: Yeah, I think he was, uh, he was obviously a minority owner, I think 10, 12% owner of the team, but was, you know, present, talked to the team and did all that, but just interesting tidbit that he was, his first ownership stake was in the NHL.
1: Last tidbit, John Starks later became a bull. As we, well, as he we
0: traded in. for Tony Cooke coach, if I'm not mistaken
1: exactly
0: is that not just full circle or what <laughs> full circle you never know never ever know uh matt i sent you this today um a little quick hit we're gonna talk about i don't know if you've seen this mlb.com has been ranking the top five players at each position which will lead us into our own very own friday five uh But yesterday, they ranked the top five Braves center fielders of all time. Andrew Jones was number one, and Dale Murphy was number two. I don't know how to think about that.
1: I know you're a Murphy guy. I know you're a Murphy guy, and there's nothing wrong with being a Murphy guy. Um, Two-time MVP, by the way. Two-time MVP. Different era now. Different era. You got to remember that. Do
0: both – Go, glove winner.
1: You don't have to make your your spiel for Dell Murphy being a Hall of Famer or the best ever. I oh, get it. On the wall the love, I love Del Murphy. However, if you do put their numbers together within the era, Andrew Jones's or Andrew Jones is better. With that being said, both deserve to be in the Hall of Fame.
0: Well, that's the truest statement you ever made tonight? And I'll just agree with you on that because everybody loves it when we agree. And then we'll just move right on to the Friday Five.
1: All right. Here we go. Friday Five. All right. So I'm just going to tell you all right now, Facebookers, y'all let me down today. Y'all let me be down today. Y'all just didn't get into the Friday Five like you did last week. Last week was soundtracks. and you were all over it. This week, what's the topic be?
0: Well, in honor of our discussion of the last dance, we wanted the top five Mike's or Michael's uh, outside of sports. The, the Friday Five, we try to keep as pop culture as possible, a little, a little change of pace. So we did the top five mics or Michael's.
1: We did. So let me shoot my number five. You ready?
0: Give me number five.
1: Michael Jackson. I mean,
0: five.
1: Well, yeah, well, five. I get that. Um, I had to go. I'm not going famous Michaels or Mike's. I'm going more my
0: preference. It's your five. Yeah.
1: It's my five. You dang right. It's It's my five.
0: You're five. You do you. You know, you're wrong, but you do you. You know, it's it's okay. I'm good at being wrong, with that being said. <laughs> so he made thriller. Five. He
1: made thriller. He made thriller. That's all anybody needs to know. He at least has to go your top five. He made thriller.
0: Continue. I'm more of a smooth criminal guy, but that's that's a different story for another time. And um, eat a cupcake. And a cupcake. Again. Um. So my five. If you haven't figured out, my five may have some different ones than most people. But uh, my five, Michael is, um, which is funny. I didn't reveal this when you are talking about the serial killers earlier um, have <laughs> you
1: got a serial killer for us
0: I've got two in my five but this oh, yeah. is this is the first one uh, this will be the surgeon Dr. Whitley from the Fox TV show Prodigal Son the actor is Michael Sheen who is tremendous Everybody, everybody's not watched Prodigal Son go watch Prodigal Son he comes on Fox first season Hulu whatever probably my favorite show on television right now he is tremendous he's my five
1: I just wrote down "Prodigal Son" because I can safely say I've not heard it, and I can safely say too, you went off the grid right there, and I like it. I like it. I'm gonna I'm go sorry. off the grid. There's hey. no way my number four. You're gonna have. There's okay. just there's no way. Like there's no way I was gonna have anyone from the Prodigal Son as well. I'm gonna go. Well, Mike you should, Banning. and you will next time. I just went. I just said it. I'm going number four. Mike Banning. Any idea who Mike Banning is?
0: I did not do not do tell.
1: Well, he is a bad a. he is in the films uh Angel has fallen, London has fallen and what just dropped maybe a couple months ago Olympus has fallen. No, oh, I got them I got them wrong. Olympus has fallen, London has fallen, Angel has fallen did just hit Netflix. If you like Mission Impossible, if you like the Bourne
0: series. If I'm not mistaken, this is Gerard Butler. This
1: is Gerard Butler.
0: Okay.
1: But we're talking about Mike Banning, and Mike Banning just gets stuff done. It's just that simple. He protects his president, and he's my number four.
0: So if it has fallen, he's who you call.
1: when, When things fall, you call Mike Banning.
0: I like it. I like it. So I'll go to my number four. And if you want a little Bruce Wayne, a little Batman, if you want to come for your daughter, Chuck, you want a little Beetlejuice, I went with Michael Keaton for number four.
1: Um, I'm, I, I just, I can't, I can't refute that. And here's why. He made a film with Kim Basinger when you mentioned Batman. Kim Basinger, I'll give you Paula Abdul right there. Top early, early, early nineties crushes ever.
0: Hey. I can't argue with Vicky Vale, Kim singer and the original Batman movie. Uh still holds up today. Yeah, I, I would watch it right now.
1: That's tough. But yeah, I, I'm gonna give you that. That's not a bad call. You you lost me at five. You you pulled me back in at number
0: four. Oh, I just lost you until you watch the show and then five's coming back. But go ahead. Three. Uh,
1: my number three, Michael Corleone. I, I honestly don't feel like other than I say Al Pacino and The Godfather, I need to say anything else regarding my number three and Michael Corleone.
0: I like it. You've took us to the mattresses. Uh, number three for me uh, is your number five. I've moonwalked right into number three with Michael Jackson.
1: Uh, I, I like your segue there with moonwalk. That's 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 well done. That's good radio, listeners. That's good radio. That, that's why Brandon is better at this than I am. I just want everybody to <laughs>
0: Well, and uh, full disclosure, if I did not say Michael Jackson, my seven year old daughter would choke me. So there we go. That one is why that one's on the list.
1: Yes. And I I do really think the world should operate on if you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself. Take it on, Brandon.
0: Well, we'll start with the man in the mirror and make a change. Exactly. My number two. Number two. Heal the world is number two.
1: Is my turn correct? That is you. All right. He could go Kenny Rogers Roasters. He could go giddy up. He could storm through a door like none other. I'm going Michael Richards with Kramer in Seinfeld.
0: Michael Richards is tremendous call. Tremendous call. Uh, hilarious show. Seinfeld and what a character he was in, in that show. Oh, my number two, my number two, so many characters for my number two. If you want to go Wayne Campbell, you want to go Austin Powers. You want to go the cat in the hat. If you, some of my kids, uh, Mike Myers, Saturday Night Live fame, number two for me.
1: No, you didn't say Shrek.
0: Oh, I did not. Sorry.
1: <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. Um, uh, so I Married an Axe Murderer. You know, oh, yeah, we, are, yeah, it's one of our like top 20 comedies of all time. If you've not seen So I Married an Axe Murderer, you've just, you just have to. It's just that simple. Oh. Mike Mar-
0: so I, I, I ask any of our listeners go watch So I Married an Axe Murderer, comment on our Facebook page, send us something through Facebook, Twitter about So I Married an Axe Murderer. And if you do not come back with something about the Bay City Rollers, then we don't need yeah. you to listen anymore.
1: And if you don't like it, then don't comment. Yeah,
0: you don't, don't comment.
1: Need... But... Yeah, we don't We don't want you to listen. I mean, it's just a stud A, <laughs> a comedy. Oh,
0: <laughs> we And on that note, heed one now.
1: <laughs> it's like an orange on a toothpick. Why
0: did I not have
1: Mike Myers on my list? That gummit. That was a fail. That was a fail.
0: Ah, uh, yeah,
1: I'm gonna, yeah, I had Mike Banning. I I felt like I had to get a mic in there, and I went Mike Banning, which I'm gonna stick with because the movies are awesome. All right, I'm on the hook for number one. Correct. You are. All right. Drum roll. There, there's no drum roll. No. I'm going Michael Scott with The Office. I just I have to. It's one of my. Of course, <laughs> number two, Michael Richards Seinfeld. Yeah.
0: I, got one, I only mine. got one thing to say about number one of yours. <laughs> well, yes. That's what but, she said. But.
1: It, 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 that, that was where I was going with that. Thank <laughs> you for that. If you're not my friend, you have no idea how often of a day I try to throw in a that's-what-she-said reference to when you say something. Hey, it works as so well. I, I, ha- I can't help myself. I have to go Michael Scott number one. I just do. I mean, The Office, Seinfeld, it, if it was not Al Bundy, it was Mike Bundy. With Married with Children, those three would just be inseparable to me regarding my favorite shows of all time. But Michael Scott, number one, just stamp it.
0: Stamp it. Well, uh, you're a comedy guy, and I had comedy number two, but in number one, I teased it earlier, I had two serial killers in my top five. Um, I'm going with the William Shatner mask wearing Michael Myers from the Halloween movies. Because somebody we said Michael, and all I hear is Donald Pleasant's Dr. Loomis yelling for Michael in the Halloween movies, some of my favorite movies. So for me, Michael, Michael Myers, boom.
1: And you're not wrong. Michael Myers was on my list. It, it's a great call by you. You're not wrong. By no means, there was again. I didn't go Mike Myers. I mean, I'm I'm pretty pissed at myself right well, now. Well, I know
0: three. there's one that will get us probably some upset listeners. I mean, how did we not go with the one-eyed wonder, Mike Wazowski?
1: There, Mike Wazowski. Mike Wazowski. I had to throw out on Facebook, by the way, because nobody else did. So you know, our listeners are blamed. To begin. With. I thought you were going to go with Michael Bolton. I thought you were going to be Michael Bolton was at least going to be four or five.
0: Well, you know, I, it's not today. We we didn't go with Michael Bolton. I probably well, what but... day would get you Michael Bolton? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Do what. What day
1: would make you say Michael Bolton? Is
0: uh, your no, not top, not top five. I probably go more Boo than I would Bolton. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I'm I'm gonna give you that. No. Right, so you know, there were ready? some there uh, were some others that I didn't make my list. I was gonna, hey, I'll shoot them at you real quick. Uh, no, you go honorable
1: mentions. Honorable mention
0: for me was Mike and Ike. I mean, who does not like some mm. Mike and Ikes?
1: I didn't have that. Didn't I have didn't
0: that. Have uh, Jersey Mike. I like a good sandwich. So you know, Jersey Mike didn't make it. And then the, I
1: didn't have that. So you went you went food and I did I went everywhere.
0: And then one of one of he almost made me rethink. I, I thought of this today. Um the hilarious camel Geico commercial, his buddy Mike. my 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 Mike, Mike, Mike. I almost went with that guy, but I didn't, I didn't go there.
1: You went more intel than I did. You went more recon for sure. I'm gonna tell you that. Oh, on my feminine side, I went Michael Kors.
0: I, I wouldn't have went there. Never. Never would have made it. Uh, well, I just... I tried.
1: Michael J. Fox.
0: I went yeah, Michael, Michael Lowry. Mike Lowry. Off oh. The Bad Boys movies. <laughs> Michael Lowry. All right. Yeah, we missed Mike Lowry.
1: No, you missed him. I didn't. You didn't. Uh, yeah, I did Michael Squints Pellideris.
0: Hello. Ooh. Sandlight, big one. Like it. Mm-hmm.
1: What's Crocodile Dundee's first name? Mick.
0: Here? Mick, sorry.
1: No, it's Michael. It's actually Michael.
0: Oh, he's Mick Dundee. Come on.
1: He's he's Mick Dundee, but his actual name is Michael.
0: Yeah.
1: This that's, is making me feel better. I do not I i It's
0: Paul Hogan, but it's a stretch.
1: Uh Michael Knight, Ghost Rider. Oh, that's a good one. I like it. Michael Clark Duncan. Played John Coffee in
0: the Green Mile. Shout out to our own John Coffee if he's listening.
1: You you open the show with we're not going political, but our vice president of the United States is Mike Pence. Don't think that we didn't think about that, but we're not going there. That's not the show. Hey,
0: I'll I'll be good. I'll go to the other side. Former Democratic presidential nominee Michael Dukakis. So there, we're even. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna play middle now. We went. <laughs> We're, we're moving on.
1: We just we, we can't get into that. Uh, Michael Bluth, Arrested Development. Love that show. That was hard for me to leave out. You've not seen Arrested Development, have you?
0: Seen the episode? No, I have not seen a, a lot of oh. Arrested Development. Sorry. Fail. You just have to. Yeah, you just have to. Oh,
1: uh, Michael McDonald. Doobie Brothers, oh. frontman for Doobie Brothers and Silly Dan. I mean, the dude had a great voice.
0: Hey, you know the song comes on Michael McDonald singing. You you know it's him.
1: You know it's him.
0: No doubt uh, Michael
1: Sarah, the kid that, that was in Arrested Development, among other things. Michael Stipe, frontman for Michael Stipe, frontman for what band?
0: Let me REM. What's the frequency, Kenneth? Robert. Mm-hmm. Well done.
1: Uh, Michael Douglas. I didn't go Michael Douglas. He's he, He's been in just so many iconic movies, but I couldn't go well, there. good movies.
0: Gordon Gecko, Wall Street, Jewel of the Nile, Romance of the Stone. My favorite Michael Douglas movie of all time, The Game. If you've never seen it, Michael Douglas, Sean Penn, watch it.
1: No, I've seen The Game, but... Romance of the Stone was a great call. I I could not have told you that one. And that was a great movie as well. A
0: couple good movies, yeah.
1: All right. So let me go real, real quick, if I can find it. Keep in mind, Brandon, these Michaels and Mikes were non-sports related, correct? Yes. So if you wanted to go Michael or Mike... We could go Mike Piazza. You got any Michaels or Mike sports related?
0: Well, you got going to have to go Mike Michael Of
1: Yes, of absolutely. We can go Coach K, so we don't have, have to say Mike Krzyzewski. Oh, We can go we, Michael Spinks.
0: How did we miss Shout the, out to
1: Mike the one Michael
0: we needed? How did we miss the one Michael we needed since our inspiration was Michael Jordan? We missed Michael B. Jordan. Ooh. Adonis, yeah, we did, didn't we? Adonis Creed from Creed and Creed Two.
1: Well, you can go, Mike Schmidt. Shout out to Mike Fisher. Uh, great job, marrying Carey. Uh, by the way, Mike Messina. The list goes on and on. Michael Irvin, Mike Schumacher. Michael Schumacher, excuse me. Formula One. Mike Formula Piazza, Brace fans. It's that that doesn't hurt because he helped bring our country together. Hitting that eighth inning home run, the first baseball game back as a Met after two thousand and one. So that's okay. We'll give Mike Piazza a shout out.
0: We'll give him a shout out. The best Florida Marlin ever. Well, that's that's a short list.
1: <laughs> All right. Have we exhausted Mike's and Michaels in the last dance?
0: I think that's got us for a show today, guys. Uh as always, we appreciate you listening. Always hit us up, the Matt and B show at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, find us on Twitter. We thank Matt for keeping up with those and getting those those out there for us. Uh subscribe and like, follow, retweet, share, tell your friends, tell your neighbors. Once again, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast. And think that is all i have today matt
1: oh i'm good brother I, I i think we're we're ready to put a bow on another good uh episode here especially regarding the last dance and another friday five um it, it's it's hard to uh we would like to uh get some shout outs from people who hit us up on facebook and quite frankly they just they simply didn't come through tonight so we'll look for the next Friday at five, Friday five, and hopefully we can get some shout outs.
0: We'll do that. Like we said, email us, email the show, talk to us on Facebook, on Twitter, um, and join us Monday as we have our first interviews with Linus Martin, the head baseball coach at Smith County High School, Colin Jones, head baseball coach at Cannon County High School. Join interview. Um, We're a show so big, we need two co-hosts, so we needed two guests for our first show, first interview. Um, And with that, Matt, it's about that time. We'll see you next week.
1: Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, everybody, for reaching out. Thank you, Brandon. Love you, brother. Let's wrap it up.